Hello and welcome to Chaplain's Word of the Day. I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as we explore God's Word so that we can be inspired, challenged, and comforted together. Hello and welcome to Chaplain's Word of the Day. The word I want us to consider today is excuses and the passage I want to focus on is Exodus chapter 4 verses 1 through 19. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put, it back, put his hand back in, into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth, and if, as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform, perform the signs with it. Then Moses went back to Jethro his father-in-law and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, and I wish you well. You know, we often think that we can't or won't do certain things. But then we find out that we're wrong. Jerry Clower once told a story about just such a time. One of his cousins at Yazoo, Mississippi was known to be a great fisherman who always came home with a cooler full of fish. The local game warden became suspicious of the cousin's success and decided to go fishing with him to discover his secret. After they got out on the lake, the cousin reached into his tackle box and pulled out a primed stick of dynamite. He lit the fuse 
and tossed it in the water, and bam, the dynamite exploded. Up boiled the water and dozens of stunned fish. The cousin began to use his net to pull them in uh, to the boat. And about that time, the game warden got his voice back. And he said, man, what are you doing? Don't you know you can't fish like that? The cousin reached into the tackle box, lit the fuse on another stick of dynamite, and stuck it in the game warden's hand and said this. He said, now, are you going to sit there and complain, or are you going to fish? Now, as we look at our scripture passage for today, we find Moses in a similar situation as the game warden. Are you going to fish or cut bait? But Moses wanted to give some excuses. The first excuse he gave was, they won't believe me. You know, God was calling Moses to a huge task. He was to return to Egypt where he was wanted for murder and to confront Pharaoh, a despotic, murderous king. Then he was to lead the Hebrews who scorned him to Canaan. Has God ever asked you to do such a tremendous thing? I know he's never asked me to do something that fear-inspiring, but he did ask Moses to do it. And Moses feared that no one would believe him. Often our fears are not realistic, but this was a realistic fear on the part of Moses. From the standpoint of the Jews, he was a failed adopted son of Pharaoh, so why trust him? From the standpoint of the Egyptians, he was a nobody shepherd from the backside of the desert. And besides, has anyone ever heard of a burning bush that wasn't consumed by fire? In truth, many of his objections were the result of his own impetuousness from his earlier days. I remember the case of a young preacher who had gotten ahead of God and his church congregation. He was initiating ministries out into the community without you know, consulting the leadership of the church and without proper planning. A deacon got his attention one day, though, when he told him, Young man, if you want to go where no man has gone before, you're going by yourself. Now, this deacon was not opposed to the objectives of the ministries, but to the way the young man was pursuing them autonomously without building a proper team, making a team effort in the church. In response to Moses' objection, God gave him a reassuring promise. He gave him two signs, really three. First, the snake and the leprosy, and then later, the blood. He reminded Moses of his power and his might. Moses needed to realize that God will take our lives and make a sign of them for himself. As the hymn says, they will know we are Christians by our love. And likewise, we must never discount the power of personal testimony. As the blind man healed by Christ proclaimed, I was blind, but now I see. So Moses had a personal testimony as well. But he gave an excuse too. He said, I don't speak very well. Moses, in his fright, forgot some important facts when making this excuse. He forgot that God made his tongue, and he forgot that God could make his tongue work. He forgot that God knew his problem and took it into account. Moses was having eye problems. He was focused on himself and had forgotten who it was that was conversing with him. We, too, sometimes are afraid to speak in witnessing situations, in testimony situations, uh, when confronting sin or rebuking a brother, when counseling or comforting someone in trouble or in need. We often don't know what to say in grief situations, and usually it's better just to say nothing and allow our 
comforting presence to show our love to the person and do the hard work. But this is not applicable in every situation. And we too have eye trouble and forget God's promises to us. We must remember that God promised He would give us the words we need in crisis. We only need to make ourselves available to Him. As Luke 12 verses 11 and 12 says, Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Moses went on and gave excuse three. He said, I don't want to go. The central problem with the eye trouble Moses was having is that it really wasn't his reputation in prior acts, and it really wasn't his ability to speak or preach. It was not his ability to do signs and wonders. It was that he just didn't want to go. He was having eye trouble again. He didn't want to go because he was afraid. Now, fear is a natural emotion. And despite God's demonstrations of power, Moses still feared. Of course, we get afraid too. But as an instructor at the U.S. Army Airborne School told us in class 3779, it is okay to be afraid, but it is not okay to give in to it. The best antidote for fear is knowledge, but knowledge of the correct subject. You see, Moses may have been a shepherd, from the backside of the desert, but he actually was quite the learned man. He was taught many things by Pharaoh in Egypt and by Jethro, his father-in-law, in Midian. And Moses also learned much about survival and nature by following sheep in the desert. But what he needed most was to know God. Some people say they can worship God on the creek bank just as well as on the in the church, but Moses shows that they are wrong. We come now to the end of excuses. God can only be pushed so far. He is omnipotent and the creator and sovereign king of the earth. His plan and will are righteous and best. Now God is patient, but in the end He will be obeyed. Yet even though God would not be denied, He was gracious and He equipped Moses. He gave him a mouthpiece, his brother Aaron. And of course, he'd already given him some signs to use. Now, in the same way, God equips us because God does not call the equipped, but he equips the called. He gives us the Holy Spirit as our comforter and our helper. We have spiritual gifts. We have pastors, teachers, and other leaders like deacons. We have the whole counsel of the Word of God, plus many Bible study and training resources that the previous generations of Christians didn't have. At the end of all the excuses was Moses' obedience. In the end, he, applied with, he complied with God's will and he returned to Egypt. He decided to be a tool to further God's redemptive plan and we should make that same decision. In conclusion, the story is told of an army reserve doctor during Desert Shield who tried to avoid being mobilized. He reported to the designated place and at the right time but he implored his commander to excuse him from deployment because of his bustling medical practice. His commander just looked at him and said, grab your bag and get in line. In the end, Moses grabbed his bag and he got in line with God. What is it you can't do that God asks of you? Nothing. All you have to do 
is grab your bag and get in line with God. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another portion of God's Word that we can consider together. Every blessing, I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett.